This episode of News Dump is brought to you by DraftKings and by Stitch Fix. I used to have this unbridled optimism when it came to tech as recently as 10 years ago or so. And watching the world of consumer tech absolutely explode during my teens and into my 20s contributed to the feeling that the possibilities were endless when it came to technology solving all of the world's problems. Online platforms allowed us to connect in ways that we hadn't seen before. Phones turned into pocket computers that are capable of damn near anything, including acting as a video camera. And video games have evolved into cinematic works of art. So when I say that I was hopefully or actually enthusiastically looking forward to a world within a VR headset at one point, I actually mean it. I, I was looking forward to this. Yeah. I remember dreaming of a seemingly harmless future where I could sit and watch a movie or play a game or just hang out and chat with my family in a completely immersive scenario like they were actually right there next to me even though we are separated by 2,500 miles of land. Facebook is now promising us that future and a whole lot more. But an announcement that would have excited me or, or blown me away just a decade ago actually filled me with a very odd feeling of dread because of everything that we've learned about the company behind it over the past few years. Like, I watched this keynote and I, I was almost tricked into thinking like, hey, look, this is cool. This is what I was looking forward to. And then, like, randomly, I just got this sinking feeling where yeah. everything like felt terrible about it because of what we know about the company. Yeah, just looking back at the last like seven, eight years, like starting with the Oculus dev kit before it was even commercially available and like getting to try that for the first time at conventions. It was just being weird. like, this sucks right now, but uh, it's a dev kit. And like, this is, you, no one's ever done this before. And this is in like five to 10 years, this is gonna be amazing. And then they sell to Facebook. I'm like, uh, I don't love it, but like, hey, at least they're bankrolled now. And like, they got a bunch of money to make whatever they want out of it. And then over the next several years after that, just Facebook, just year after year, just crushing any reason the public would like, ever have to trust them as a company. Guess what? The games are fine. You guys can play your Beat Saber and stuff. That's not why Facebook bought Oculus. No. As we clearly see now in the keynote and as we all saw coming. But even saying that, like in the 90s, I remember at the county fair, they had a demonstration of VR yeah. back then. And it was like this giant It was this helmet. huge thing. It was basically like a periscope. So but. there was always this like seed planet of like, how cool will this be when it's good? Yeah. And baby, it's getting there. But the future looks bleak now. Yeah. So among the other news about Facebook that we've covered over the past few weeks, we spoke about how the company was also going to be rebranding itself to better encompass all of its products under a new umbrella, uh, the same way that Google announced Alphabet a few years back. And uh, they, they had a few other reasons for wanting to rebrand, probably. Yeah. Uh, brand toxicity, you might call it. Yeah. But uh, sure, you know, uniting all your products under one umbrella company, sure. On Thursday this week, during Facebook's annual developer event, Facebook Connect, Mark Zuckerberg, the Zuck, announced the new name of the company, Meta. Ron Artest is going to be very mad about this. Meta World Peace. Uh, saying that aside from the new name encompassing all their products, it will also reflect who they are and what they hope to build. And that moving forward, he wants their company to be known as a, a metaverse company. Yeah. Zuckerberg and Facebook, sorry, Meta, yeah. pulled no punches when laying out their roadmap for what they believe is the future of the internet and humanity. Uh, it's literally a virtual world where you can essentially do whatever you want inside of a virtual reality headset or by utilizing augmented reality hardware as well. It's, that's what it is. Escape from this fucking trash heap fire of a world that don't, the don't ruling class has created through the 20th and 21st centuries and just tune in 
turn off and drop out. Don't put billions of dollars into solving uh, homelessness or food or climate change or anything like that. Put billions of dollars into, uh, why, why do we even care about that? We can just sit inside of a, a cube with a headset on and be wherever you want. You can look around and the trees will be as green as you want them to be here in Facebook's metaverse. And by the way, when referencing the company before a few days ago, we're just going to say Facebook because referring to it as meta completes one of the goals of its name change, mm -hmm. washing away all of the terrible things that the company is responsible for because meta didn't do those things. Facebook did. Meta is new. I do like, uh, so changing it to meta does a very funny thing. Uh, so in investment uh, circles, there's uh, what's known as FANG stocks, F-A-A-N-G. So you got Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix and um, Google, Google, I guess. Well, which, out in the alphabet. Oh yeah, the, what is the G? General Mills. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> yeah. what. Um, I don't know. Anyway, by by Facebook changing its name from Facebook to Meta, now they have to come up with a new acronym. And the best one Man. that I saw was Manga. Oh yeah, Manga. Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, with alphabet at the end. I'm a bit. I'm a big Manga investor. What the yeah. fuck does that G stand for? I'm going to lose my mind over this. Yeah. You'll let us know. Anyways, with that out of the way, saying uh, Facebook in reference to Facebook, because as I was like talking about this, it's like when I say I'm talking about something that Meta is producing, it washes away all of the like bruises that Facebook has on it as a company. You get to look at them as this new thing, and that sucks because they have a lot of baggage. Yeah. Um, so with that out of the way, yes, these virtual worlds with infinite possibilities and connection and collaboration, they sound like a, a fun and generally useful way to interact with people and projects until you remember that Facebook has already done horrific things using the data and the platform that already exists. Genocide, war, civil instability, misinformation, disinformation, spying. This has all happened as a direct result of their social media platform. Some pretty big oopsies. Yeah, so the idea of uh, building out some fantasy life inside their ecosystem is completely unsettling and off-putting. Not to use the actual name of a pre-existing game that was a precursor to all of this, but you would literally be living a sort of second life inside a reality that they have ultimate control over. Yeah, and this may sound alarmist when in contrast with the flashy keynote video that includes walkthroughs and demonstrations of what their metaverse will presumably look like. But again, just look at all the verifiably evil things that this company has done already. In the future, they will have access to an infinite amount of data points relating to what their consumers are doing in their metaverse, what you did, what you bought, which way you looked, how you interacted with people in a realistic setting, how you spent your time there, etc. It's a lot of what they are already doing with yeah. their products, but taken just to the nth degree, just yeah. uh, exponentially more intrusive. And speaking of these virtual worlds, yes, a lot of this keynote will remind anyone of Ready Player One. You can build out a fantasy version of your home and your environment and your outfits and everything, despite just sitting in a dark room with a headset on. For a lot of people, these alternate realities will be an easy escape for their own very real, horrible realities. And Facebook is going to control all of that. Yes. As we're very aware, in 30 years, the world is going to look a lot different because of climate change. You're not going to want to or be able to go outside in a lot of places. Yeah. And it's just funny, like the whole idea of the metaverse and VR, like in science fiction, like, uh, you know, William Gibson, Neil Stevenson, Ready Player One, like it's always presented as this, like the world has gone to shit, but people are able to keep their sanity and live their lives somewhat productively by just escaping into a virtual world. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we should do that. That I think that like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people look at those and it's inspire. It's inspiring for the foregone conclusion of what we have to do in order to escape the hellscape that we live in. Yeah, it's it's like that meme of like the the guy looking at something like, wow, that's awesome, and just missing the entire point of it. Like, just like looking at all this classic science fiction from the 80s and 90s and being like, hey, cool virtual reality, and just <laughs> completely missing all of the subtext about mm-hmm. what that does to a society and why it exists and where the, the motive is for people to spend all their days in virtual reality. It's not, it's pretty bleak. It's almost like we could have done something, but everyone was so hell-bent on creating the metaverse that we didn't. Yeah. It's it's uh, <laughs> and similarly uh, Elon Musk real mad about uh, the idea of a billionaire. Tax. Well, if they tax me, how are you going to go to Mars? You're not going to be able to go to Mars. I'm, I'm taking all of you to Mars, and if they tax me, you're not going to get to go to Mars. Oh, you no. want to go to Mars, right? The planet that's already inhospitable. Um, it, look, we've said enough about the easily predictable yet still hypothetical future that Meta will bring. Facebook. It, so, yeah, whatever. <laughs> if it's successful, uh, let's just show you some clips from the demonstration so that you get the full scope. Uh, of what they're talking about here in, uh, you know, cadence that only Mark Zuckerberg can provide. Today, we're going to talk about the metaverse, starting with the most important experience of all, connecting with people. Oh, hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Hi. Mark. What's up, Mark? Whoa, we're floating in space? Uh-huh. Who made this place? It's <laughs> awesome. Right? It's from a crater. I met in L.A. Uh, this place is... Amazing. <laughs> Boz, is that you? Of course it's me. You know I had to be the robot, man. I thought I was supposed to be the robot. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I knew you were bluffing. <laughs> hey, wait. Where is Naomi? Let's yes, call her. Naomi. <laughs> hey, should we deal you in? Sorry, I'm running late, but you've got to see what we're checking out. There's an artist going around Soho hiding AR pieces for people to find. 3D street art? That's cool. Send that link over so we can all look at it. This is stunning. Okay, that is something. That's awesome. Wow. I love the movement. Wait, it's it's disappearing. This is amazing. Hold on. I'll tip the artist and they'll extend it. Wow. Brilliant. Yeah, and also it seems like uh, he has he he is actually pretty excited about this. He has like uh, a new uh, conversation update to his uh, algorithm, and he's talking like a normal person almost. Yeah, this still is, a bit uh, robotic. It's like when when Data got the emotion chip. Yes, whole new Data. Yeah. Anyway, let's take all this at face value and assume that it's just a, a fun way to hang out virtually. Uh, one of the things we've definitely learned over the past two years, uh, amidst the pandemic, is that personal relationships that rely entirely on meeting virtually can become exhausting and are not an easy replacement for the real thing. Hmm. We were all zooming and and, and Zooming around the, those first couple weeks, like, wow, this is cool. And then it, it sucks. It gets to a point, it's just very exhausting. It's like talking on, on the phone. Like, you're just struggling to hear things properly. The call's dropping. It's like even worse. You got a big room full of people and it's on just, the internet. It all with the worst microphones. And there's even a microsecond delay yeah. as people talking it's over each horrible. other. It's horrible. It throws off the entire natural rhythm yeah. of things. Um, so yeah, we all did that. It's no replacement for real face-to-face conversation. And it looks like they're trying to solve that here, I guess, but we're not entirely sure that this will catch on. Uh, one thing that society has been happy to give up despite it not being exactly the same is physically showing up to work for jobs that can and have been successfully done remotely. 
Yeah, it that's is good. That's actually an easy trade-off to not have the same kind of in-person feeling with collaboration and work. When in return, you get to work from home and avoid a soul-crushing commute. Also, it's like, oh, meetings over Zoom suck. Meetings in real life suck. Yes, everyone's talking over each other anyway. Yeah, whoever's running that meeting, like, this could be a five-minute conversation. This could be an email. And you're wasting everyone's time. It doesn't matter if it's on Zoom or in a boardroom. You're wasting everyone's fucking time. Management has gotten bloated in this country. We have too many managers, too many bullshit jobs. You need to trust your workers to be able to get what they're supposed to do done. What I will say is like in a, in a actual personal friendship or family relationship, uh, talking over people does happen, but it's not like as the result of a, a delay or something like that. With a meeting in a business, you usually have someone presenting and then someone asking a question and then someone answering it. It's much more structured yeah. and doesn't allow itself to be- At least it should be, until the funny guy in the office decides yeah, yeah, yeah. to crack a few jokes. But what I'm saying Shut is up. Like, there's, there's trade-offs. Like Zoom for friendships and family sucks. Zoom for work, whatever. I, I can avoid a one hour long drive yeah. and all of that. But uh, don't worry, though, when it comes to work, because Facebook is meta, is happy to embrace this and has plans for your future when it comes to work as well through augmented reality. Let's take a look at what working in the metaverse will be like. Imagine if you could be at the office without the commute. You would still have that sense of presence, shared physical space, those chance interactions that make your day all accessible from anywhere. Now imagine that you have your perfect work setup and you can actually do more than you could in your regular work setup. And on top of all that, you can keep wearing your favorite sweatpants. So, great. Now an avatar of your nosy manager can swing by your virtual office to bother you or just make sure you're being productive. Actually, it'll probably be easier for them to monitor you than ever because everything will be tracked through a program that has your entire workspace available to them. Yeah, I don't like that. Whatever's being projected to you could easily be projected to your your manager. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's been a huge rise with the work from home thing, the the management class. Having like, a bit of privacy is nice. Yeah, but they don't like that. No, they they like they're trying to get all that like the Proctor software that they're making high school students have, where it's like tracking your eyes and like keeping track of how many so windows you have open on your computer. Guess what? As has been trust shown, your workers. As has been shown by now through an actual real world case uh, study. Productivity actually rises in most cases. And if that's because people get to go, get up and have a break and walk their dog or go outside or something like that, then they should be allowed to do that. Yeah. Putting a, a, a program on someone's computer that tracks their eye movement or whether or not they're sitting in their chair and then forcing them to sit there and stare at the screen is going to reduce productivity because they're going to be pissed because they hate the job. Yeah. And I think hiring departments are going to find that because companies that require that software People are going to be like, well, I'll just go work at this other one that doesn't allow that, like they're already doing with companies that work for home versus making you go into the office. And again, sorry, a lot of jobs you have to go be physically present for. So yeah, we're just sure. talking specifically about uh, work that can be done. Desk jobs. Yeah. Anyway, the rest of the keynote goes into other parts of what they're planning to build, including new hardware that will track facial movements to add life to your avatar and hand tracking so that you don't need to have controllers. And among these announcements came the news that in the near future, you won't even need a Facebook account to use the Oculus Quest, which uh, going forward will be known as the MetaQuest. Yeah, dumb. Uh, but they didn't elaborate further on that, and because they were so vague on it, we're just going to assume that you'll you'll need a Meta account instead. It's different. You, you but don't need a Facebook account. Yeah, we heard you loud and clear. Uh, you said you were you were real mad about having to have a Facebook account in order to use your Oculus headset. So guess what, guys? We're changing our name to Meta, and now you don't need a Facebook account. You need a Meta account. And applause. Yeah, uh, technically, I think this 
look, I don't know if this is true. You might be able to sign in with Google or whatever. But if it were the case, which it probably is, uh, Meta would be separate unless you wanted it to be from a Facebook social media account. Meaning like, oh, you don't want to use your Facebook account for your Oculus thing? You don't have to. You can use Meta and not have it tied to a Facebook account. It doesn't matter, though. They're still tracking you. Well, yeah, no matter what, even if you signed up with a Google account or an Apple account or just an email, they're going to track you. All these tracking companies, Facebook included, like they they know what you do even when you're not on their specific app or web page because they track IP addresses. That's why they're very angry at Apple. track location. For giving you the ability to tell them not to track. Yeah, they're following you around all day. So it doesn't matter if you use a Facebook account or not. Like, they know who you are. But uh, a few more things to point out here. First of all, yes, that does appear to be a bottle of sweet baby rays on a shelf behind Zuckerberg in one of the shots during the keynote speech. He's embracing it. I mean, it, and there apparently I didn't see it because I I watched like a, a whittled down version of it. Uh, but apparently there was sunscreen in one of the uh, shots as well. But uh, the the sweet baby rays. Now that might be baffling to some. Why would that be there? But not our viewers. Yeah, you know. If you watch this show, you are very aware of Mr. Zuckerberg's affinity for barbecue and smoking delicious meats. Uh, the man clearly is a huge fan of the sauce. Um, <laughs> But uh, also, before the big announcement regarding the metaverse, Zuckerberg appeared on CBS's This Morning, virtually, to show off how you can interact with one another in their upcoming apps. Uh, And this, of course, ended up being a goldmine for memory. At first, here's one that is just beautifully done by digital producer Matt Negrin, who uh, does a amazing job of mimicking Mark Zuckerberg's voice. Yeah, it's incredible. It's Uh, uncanny. he, He gave a more honest interview uh, with host Gail King. And again, before anyone says that this is fake news, we know. This it is, is fake. This is it's a, a joke. This is a joke. So here's that one. So we helped incite the January 6th attacks, but we also unveiled these cool cartoony VR features to trick people in media into thinking we're fun. Wait, and, Mark, this and, is so cool. Wait, just stop for a second, because every gesture you make, it's. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can see all your hands, uh-huh. your expressions. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, this is, um, uh-huh. you know, one of the things that that makes the biggest difference to me is taking right-wing publications like the daily caller that traffic in a really good misinformation and calling them official fact-checking sources on facebook and we know you won't call us out on it because we created this goofy polygon playground with these weird circle handles to distract you from what we're really doing guys this is so freaking cool Brutal and true, mm-hmm. like all the best comedy. Yes. Well, let's do a silly one now, though. Uh, Ricky saw this one on TikTok a few days ago. It and, took me uh, so long to re-find this clip. He I, described it to me, and I was like, well, yeah, That sounds that. really funny. That sounds great. You should find it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so it took me countless search terms and hours to re-find this. I was so upset that I didn't click the heart button, but I finally tracked it down, and uh, now you can enjoy it. So uh, please enjoy this one from a TikTok account named Cupper Noodles. Do you have a favorite feature? to use in here? Yeah. Something that you think is very cool? Check this out. Wow. So that's pretty neat. This is so freaking cool. Bloop. Uh, the best part is that it does like the loading sound when his boobs come in. Anyways. Uh, wow, that is neat, Mark. Aside from that, uh, Meta Quest did, Meta World Quest. Fucking, I hate this name. They did announce that they're bringing GTA into the VR space with a VR version of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which seems like it could be cool, but also... We just spoke about how even the remasters of the game don't really look all that great. I think they look fine. Well, they look fine for what they are. Yeah. But it's not like they updated it to modern graphics. Yeah. 
So I don't know. We can't imagine that this VR version would attempt to make San Andreas look like GTA 5, but in VR, though, I don't know. We've been wrong before. Yeah. They didn't show anything off during the announcement, nor did they give a release date. So they might have just signed this on the dotted line like minutes before this. They thing said it's been in development, but like that's the thing is, unless you can get a look at it, it just feels it would feel weird to be in like a really cartoony version of I don't, I don't know. I'm sure it'd be fun. A lot of the VR games are fun. They are. They are. Yeah. It does, uh, like, the biggest thing, and maybe the new headsets, it's be- it's gotten better, but, I mean, just having that on your face, it gets sweaty, it gets uncomfortable. Playing for more than, like, half hour, 45 minutes at a time is just, like, not that well, fun. Well, luckily with the Quest, you can't because it's battery operated. Yeah. Um, but they have, like, an, a thing that attaches it to your head better, and, and it is wireless compared to a lot of the other VR devices that you need to be yeah. tethered to, which is just the biggest thing for anyone, especially like mainstream consumers. Yeah, no, every time I used to use the Oculus, it would be funny because it's like you'd, you'd get all tangled up and you take off the headset and you'd realize you're like, okay, somehow I have turned to the right like three times as many times as I've turned to the left. I, yeah, you have no you're idea like, where you end is up. That, is that how I go through life? Am I always well, turning right Well, you're constantly right worried about tripping over that or yeah. hitting something like that. So the Quest removes that because you can actually get into a space that has room instead of somewhat near a computer. Yeah. Um, but it looks like Facebook has once again dominated the first half of this show. Sorry about that. Damn but you, Mark Zuckerberg. Between all of their leaked documents provided by the internal whistleblower reaching journalists earlier this week, um, and that was during a week where Facebook was attempting a massive overhaul of its company, there was a lot to talk about. And we do have plenty more for you in a second. But first, let's thank today's sponsor, starting with Stitch Fix. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is personalized to your body and style? Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle, a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, like, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one, at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop hundreds of brands personalized to your size and fit. With styles for workouts, to workwear, for lounging around the house, or for a night out on the town, Stitch Fix Freestyle has clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. Get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com newsdump. That is stitchfix.com slash newsdump to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitchfix.com slash newsdump. This episode is also sponsored by DraftKings, the killer crossovers, the nothing but net jumpers, the tenacious throwdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is back. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Playing daily fantasy hoops is easy. It's the same as other fantasy sports contests. You just pick your lineup of pro basketball ballers, stay under the salary cap, and rack up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code NEWSDUMP. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Enter promo code NEWSDUMP to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit. That is code NEWSDUMP only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, back into the news now with a story that we've been covering a lot recently. People who pose for stock photos that inevitably end up being used in ways that they could have never predicted. Stories that we've reported on in the past almost universally involve regular people who pose for some photos and then become famous memes. And sometimes they are blissfully unaware of their fame because they live outside the U.S. and they don't spend all their time on the internet because they are normal people. 
Uh, this story, though, it involves someone who was already famous, whose face ended up all over the place without his knowledge. Allegedly. Yeah, so according to various reports and his own personal Instagram account, uh, actor B.J. Novak from The from Office, the office uh, Ryan the Temp, uh, his face has been attached to a variety of products around the world, including hair clippers, makeup, shavers, cologne, and so on. It's the same face in every image, just altered to fit whatever these international companies are selling. Uh, from the New York Times, for the last few years, any Swedes who purchased a bottle of Calvin Klein's Encounter Cologne were probably greeted by the piercing gaze of an American actor. Same for anyone who purchased certain brands of face paint in Uruguay, electric razors in China, or knee-length ponchos in Europe. Something about the man's familiar countenance enchanted product makers from around the world who chose his stock image out of millions to feature on their packaging. But the man in the picture, B.J. Novak, a 42-year-old actor best known for his role on The Office, didn't choose to be the face of perfume or face paint or ponchos. So Novak addressed this on his personal Instagram account earlier this week, saying, Years ago, someone mistakenly put an image of me on a public domain site, and now apparently I am on products all around the world. But I am too amused to do anything about it. Uh, his Instagram stories, as well as the New York Times and BuzzFeed articles, go on to show the various products that have his face attached to them. Uh, if true, this would definitely suck for him because he's an actor and a producer who now has no control over where or how this image of him is used. Yeah. Someone just uploaded it, allegedly, to a public domain site, and that's it, I guess? And I guess he could probably take legal action, but uh, it it's a, a big... giant pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a huge pain in the ass, especially internationally. Yeah. So... At first, I mean, I was kind of skeptical that maybe this was some kind of plant or joke because all, all the proof for these products existing, especially shown on the actual news outlet sites, were just sourced from Novak's Instagram account. Anyone could Photoshop these. It looked like the work of Obvious Plant or True Wagner or something. But uh, after looking up a couple of the product numbers for a few of these, it actually seems to be legit. This is actually happening, and that makes it really funny. Yeah. Um, still, the question remains, how did an image of him just accidentally enter the public domain instead of being sold by the copyright holder or Novak himself? Like, if a photographer who took the picture sold it, yeah, then that would be one thing. But just for, according to his story, someone took a picture of him and uploaded it to the public domain? I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, people making NFTs of other people's artwork. And it's like, what what, once do? it's there, it's there. Um, and yeah, if you submit photos you don't own as your own and you say these are public domain, anyone can use them. A bunch of companies aren't going to question that. Yeah, it's I think maybe going after bucks. Calvin Klein would be easier. Yeah, they got money. Yeah, but like going after a poncho company in Europe, probably not going to see any of that money. So uh, yeah, very curious about a lot of things related to that story. But mm -hmm. moving on now, we finally have an update regarding the first in what appears to be a long line of South Park movies following that massive contract that Matt Stone and Trey Parker negotiated at Paramount. And it looks like the term movie is very loose here. It was just used in marketing material by Paramount Plus as a catch-all for what they're actually doing. Not feature films. Yeah, so they're basically just long episodes of South Park, but also apparently different from the multi-part episode series that we've seen them do before imagination land, uh, etc. The, the, and apparently different enough from like the COVID special and stuff like that, yeah. which were longer. So. so either way, the first one's coming up soon. So you won't have to wait long. Uh, here's the wrap. 
South Park will premiere its first of 14 made-for-streaming films next month on Paramount Plus as part of creators Matt Stone and Trey Parker's expansive new deal with Viacom CBS. The made-for-TV event titled South Park Post-COVID will premiere on Thanksgiving Day, November 25th. A second one will debut in December. No plot details were announced. As for the explanation of these new releases, The Hollywood Reporter just conducted an interview with the duo where they elaborated on the projects. Parker and Stone clarify that Paramount Plus projects are not feature films, but they are also not the long-form South Park specials released on Comedy Central during the pandemic. Quote, With Viacom, we realized we could make them as long or as short as we needed, Parker says of the upcoming projects. And then they went and called them movies. They are the ones who said we are giving them 14 movies in seven years. All I can say is for me, personally, I am 52 years old. <laughs> I have made three movies in my life, so you do the math. He continued, we're trying to make what's on Paramount Plus different from anywhere else. So hour-long made-for-TV movies is where our head is at. We'll do two made-for-TV movies every year. They will be big, but are not quite movie scale. So, so TV movies. Yeah, hour-long episodes. A thing that used to exist, but outside of like Lifetime, yeah. not so much. But back in the day... All the time. TV movies. And it's basically like, you knew what you were getting. It's a movie, but like, it's made Without for the TV. Yeah. And it's, you know, probably not as good. It's definitely not as high production value. Well, but that's the thing movie. is like, we've evolved into, you know, series that are essentially movies broken, like extra long movies broken up into yeah. episodes. So with actual movie budgets. So these are just going to be long episodes. That's all they're going to be. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Anyway, while we're talking about movie news, it looks like a sequel to Denis Villeneuve's Dune has already been greenlit, thanks to America being back. Yes. And thank God, actually heading down to the local movie theater to see this movie on the big screen instead of watching it on their phones while taking a shit. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, go, please. Go to the biggest... I saw it in fucking IMAX at the Chinese theater. Like, I think it's the biggest screen in L.A., and... I, I can't recommend. I enough. was giving myself a buffer, so now yeah. it's been a week. I will go now. It was uh, and it was cool. Like I tried seeing it at the beginning of the week, and like every IMAX screen was like pretty booked up for the entire week, at least in LA. I mean, LA is not representative of yeah, true. the movie going public, but I was like, this is cool because usually when I see movies on like a Monday morning after the opening weekend, dead, very easy yeah. to see them, but not this time. Did the audience members tell you to turn down the lights on your razor mask? <laughs> I don't have one, sir. Yet. Can you please? But you know they went on sale and immediately sold out? Yeah. I think we should get one off eBay. I think that would be a good purchase for the channel. Yeah. We anyway, can share one. Here's a Variety talking about Dune. Dune, a big screen adaptation of Frank Herbert's landmark sci-fi novel, opened to $40.1 million at the North American box office. In a milestone for the studio, Dune landed the biggest three-day tally for Warner Brothers since the company began its day-and-date strategy on HBO Max. At the international box office, Dune collected another $47.4 million, including a muted $21 million debut in China, boosting its overseas total to $180 million. The film has grossed $220 million globally to date. They added in the reporting that the sequel, uh, potential sequel, completely relied on how well this first movie did, according to Warner Executives. We're not going to greenlit this until it performs. Uh, and it looks like the uh, answer was a resounding good enough. That'll do. Uh, here's more from the outlet. Dune is officially getting a sequel. Legendary Entertainment announced the news in a tweet on Tuesday, ensuring that the spice will continue to flow <laughs> on screen. Warner Brothers will distribute the film and help finance it, though Legendary is the primary money behind the movie and owns the film rights to the book series. 
The film is expected to have an exclusive theatrical run, and Legendary will likely make that point ironclad after Dune debuted simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max last week. The unorthodox distribution pattern was a pandemic-area concession by Warner Brothers, but one that caused an uproar when it was unveiled in 2020. Dune Part 2 will hit theaters October 20th, 2023. Yeah. Denny was, uh, he was pissed. Yeah. What the fuck? You, you're putting my movie on your TV? Well, you need to watch this in the theaters. This is cinema. Yeah, and it, this is one of the ones that I was more than happy to wait for if it had come out yeah. at a worse time. This is this is a big, like, I, like having not gone to the movies in, like, two years. Yeah. It's just like, damn. You can't get this at home. It's not I don't the same. Care, I don't care how big your TV is. You can't get it. Same with uh, if you were watching it in uh, the metaverse. It's not the same. Got to be in a theater. But yeah, this guy, I mean, arguably the best filmmaker working today and uh, just taking risks, take, doing doing things that are completely inadvisable. Like, I'm going to make a sequel to Blade Runner. Like, no, you're going to fuck that up. There's no way that's good. Oh, oh, what the fuck? It's better than the original. <laughs> like, I'm going to adapt Frank Herbert's Dune. It's a, impossible. A book that is like just, it's where empires go to die. It's the Afghanistan of movies where uh, fucking... Jodorowsky tried making it. It ruined his filmmaking career for decades. David Lynch makes it. It's fucking trash. No one wants to touch it. He's like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'll give it a shot. I'm going to do it. And then and then you find out he's only making half the, half the book, and it's going to debut on HBO Max. And it's like, oh, God. And and the sequel is, is contingent on yeah, that one being Is this success. thing going to make no fucking money because of the streaming deal? It's like, nope. People still went out and watched it. It's making a ton of money. Yeah. The man, he don't miss. There you go. So look forward to that. Uh, oh, anyways, over in gaming news, have you ever started playing a game but then eventually lose interest in it? Yes. Potentially before you've even finished the campaign. Yes. I think we all probably have at some point in our lives. But uh, welcome to the future, where apparently game companies will harass you for giving up <laughs> and being a big loser. According to a tweet from user Brendan Sinclair with screenshots of an email from the publisher, quote, a lot of games are already ruthlessly designed to maximize engagement. But now they email and hassle you if you dare to stop playing them. Uh, and this is about Far Cry 6. Yeah. <laughs> in, this, in the screenshots, you can see Giancarlo Esposito giving you a very disappointed look alongside the following text. Hola, Rojas. I wanted to thank you for giving me free reign in Yara. Take it easy and know that Yara is in capable hands. With further text in bold that reads, surely you can do better than this, with your total playtime posted right below it. This is Ubisoft, right? Yeah. Every Ubisoft game at this point has just become like they—they've made it into all their games are like eighty hours long, but for the dumbest reasons. Where it's like the Far Cry games, they've always had you know the same sort of and Assassin's Creed. They both have this the same exact system where you just go to new parts on the map and then defeat the enemies there, and you unlock it as a fast travel point. You unlock new missions there, but like this Far Cry game apparently has like at least more than twice as many like locations to unlock as yeah. the previous ones. Like, it's just work, and I hate it. Like, the, the last game that I, I played, like, 10 hours of before quitting was uh, one of the more recent Assassin's Creed games, where I'm like, I'm just doing the same shit. Like, I'm clocking in for a job at this point. Yeah, yeah. Every, every mission in this game is like, fucking the same. I played through five, and I... I liked it. Enjoyed it, yeah. I, was, I thought it was pretty good. It was, um, like, the perfect length. But, yeah, there's there's one point in the game where you're you kind of just shift your focus. You're like, I'm just going to get through the campaign. Yeah, yeah. It does It does get very repetitive. And you start point. realizing that you're doing things that really you could skip. Yeah. You don't have to spend a lot of time doing. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, now you're going to get hassled if you don't finish the game. What are you, some kind of... Hey, loser. loser. <laughs> what, you don't think 
You don't think you could finish this fucking game? Oh, you put three hours I in? I thought you, you were special? a real gamer. You know, Turns out, uh, you got to play at least 37 more hours to get the value out of the game that you purchased. Yeah. You don't want that 100% trophy? Fucking noob. I bet they don't email you if it's less than two hours played because then you get a refund if it was on Steam. Yeah. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Anyway, in an update to uh, <laughs> last week's story about the... No, this is this week. Was it this week? Yeah, oh Monday. God. To the, uh, yeah, the Warner Brothers, Smash Brothers-esque uh, fighting game, Super Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> we got further confirmation that it is a real thing that is actually happening uh, when a screenshot of the character select menu appeared on Twitter but was then taken down through a copyright claim by Warner Brothers. Thus confirming the leak. So it's no longer available, and we, we don't want to risk showing it here because then they'll take down this video and this whole channel. Yeah. But the tweet explained what was shown anyway, saying, Warner Brothers Multiverse's character select screen. There seems to be levels and fighter type icons. Steven Universe, Adventure Time, Batman slash Harley Quinn, Superman slash Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Rick and Morty, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny, and a new character. Um, as for what would be the best matchup in this game, uh, here's some of our favorite comments from the last video where we asked you to contribute. Yeah, I mean, like, because as we explained, Warner Brothers has so much intellectual it's, property. It's massive. It would be foolish to just limit this to, like, the... Uh, the most popular properties that they have. And by the way, I went back and uh, found the Salty Bets Twitch and followed it. Is it still going? It's still going strong. 24 hours a day, baby. I saw some little anime girl beat up some giant Street Fighter character <laughs> the other night. It's it's very active. I love it. If you have to go to their actual website, it's on the Twitch page yeah. to do the betting. Yeah. But uh, it's it's cool and it's still rocking. And there's like there's like 600 people watching when I was watching the other night. Nice. It's great. So if you haven't experienced Salty Bet yet. You can get a taste of what this could be by uh, going to their Twitch. Yeah. Anyway, here's uh, Dave Glennon said, Want a game of multiverses? Sure, I'm a Lloyd Christmas main. What's your pick? Normally, I play Immortan Joe, but I'm trying to improve my Velma Dinkley lately. Shit, that's a bad matchup. Uh, I'm going to switch to Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, Snowy Thompson wrote, I feel like they neglect the concept of multi-fighter battles. Smash can have, like, up to eight fighters. So who's to say Gandalf, Shaggy, George Jetson, Larry David have a team battle against four different Jokers? <laughs> and Joker, in this instance, is akin to Link in Smash, where each one obviously plays slightly different, but they have uh, their attributed unique art style faithfully rendered. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's so many Jokers. You could, Like, that's four or five characters right there. Yeah. Just Joker. This is going to be the best. You know what? We make fun of esports a lot. I think this is finally going to be the eSport that breaks through to the mainstream. Yeah. Colin Cowherd has no idea what's coming. Intellectual property is going to save gaming. I saw this new game coming out. Warner Brothers Multiverses. It's got, it's an abomination. It's got Bugs Bunny <laughs> playing against LeBron James. It's got the Tasmanian Devil playing against Batman. I saw Porky Pig fight Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and win. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. These booger eaters, they'll play anything. Uh, moving on, Drew Pierce said, can't wait to see the Junkie XL Mad Max skin versus Tom from Toonami versus Gilligan from Gilligan's Island versus Alfred E. Newman matchup. Yeah, because they own, they own uh, Mad. Mad Magazine as well. Spy versus Spy versus Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Spy versus Spy versus Immortan Joe versus... Uh, uh, the Godfather. Joseph Gordon-Levitt no, in uh, Inception. Yeah. Um, there's, yeah, because they, they got all those Nolan movies. Or wait, do they? Yeah. No. I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah, there, also, you like, how how deep does this go? Does it go to Warner Brothers distribution as well? Not just, like, 
you know, their owned and operated IP. Jeff Garland versus yeah. uh, just the DC universe alone. Like they have that uh, Game villain. of Thrones. Yeah, the, they have the villain that does uh, cocaine. Yeah, or the superhero that does cocaine. Snowman or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, Snowflame. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Just... So. H, they, like, if they're not going to do our idea, they should at least make a separate HBO fighting game. No, they do D- DLC packs. Like, uh, yeah, Bob and David versus uh, versus Jeff and Larry. Yeah, the entire cast of Oz versus The Sopranos. <laughs> Vern Schillinger. <laughs> uh, eye patch skin <laughs> after he gets his eye fucked out. Yeah, David Duchovny from California. Or was that? No, that's Showtime or something. Yeah, I'm sure. getting it all mixed up. Polly like, Walnuts. Turtle from Entourage. Versus Turtle. <laughs> Uh, anyways, we love seeing your matchups. Please post more. Uh, in the meantime, watch our previous episodes. If you want the entire rundown of everything Facebook this week. Kenny Powers. Holy Kenny shit. Kenny Powers versus uh, the character from Vice Principals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Multiple. Stevie uh, Joukowsky. <laughs> multiple Danny McBride characters. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Facebook rundowns. We got a whole lot of tech news for you. Yeah. Click these videos. Watch these videos. Like these videos. Like this one. Subscribe. And we'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.